1: We're talking real money.
2: Hello again and welcome to another episode of when bad things happen to good people or in our case, when bad times happen to good people. My gosh, we go from like a pandemic to a war. I feel like we're back in 1917 or 16 when we went from a war to a pandemic. Now we're just doing it the other way around. What? Yeah, but the war's
3: not here. I mean, no, the war's goodness. somewhere well, else. That, yeah, that that no war, the
2: war then wasn't here either. I mean, that's it wasn't true. Although
3: here. it was later for many of our our doughboys did Americans. go over though yeah. and well, brought back
2: good. a flu virus with them. So yeah, lovely. So uh, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today because it is the. Um, you know, I can't really call it the elephant in the room. Um, I'd say it's the giant Russian bear in the room. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. keep that bear away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what's it doing to things? Well, a lot of things. It uh, if you <laughs> if you've looked at your portfolio, contrary to our advice, you're probably not particularly pleased. If you're in the stock market, now if you're in the bond market, you're probably a little bit happier than you were last week when people yelled at us because bonds have been going down we can't win for losing thomas
3: (laughs) that's just that's the nature of this business my friend it is yeah so what should you do what should you do what
2: should you do you can pretty much uh you can uh just pretty much forget about those russian etfs in your portfolio they're they're toast their history they're pretty much done for they're worth pennies on the dollar uh, I think there's a great lesson there. There's, the lesson is <laughs> don't just invest in one country. Uh, and um, we're going to talk a lot about this throughout the program. And you're, invi- you're invited to join us if you've got questions about what's going on overseas, what's going on with your portfolio, what you should be doing now, what you should be doing in the future, what you should have done in the past. Give us a call at 855-935-8255.
3: You know, and, and people, are, yes, they're looking at their portfolios because they see the headlines. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the hated Dow Jones Industrial Average. I hate the Dow Jones Industrial Average. <laughs> fourth week. I shouldn't be laughing. Fourth week of losses, <laughs> uh, in a row. That is fourth week. Um, and it was a tough week for international stocks, which had actually been holding up quite well. As you mentioned, uh, if you had, uh, specific exchange traded funds to Russia, uh trading is shut down looks like those funds are going to liquidate send investors back whatever cash they're not going to wait
2: yeah, but how are they going to liquidate wait it it if they can't sell the yeah. stocks
3: i don't know they'll find a market somewhere they they're but they're not one. apparently not going to just wait for things to come back or wait for trading to uh, happen again so and then there's all kinds of on top of the russian ruble another 6% decline uh this week i mean it's uh kind of shocking how much the uh, the ruble's come down And you mentioned the good news in all of this. For those of you who hold... (laughs) For what it's worth. I know. Well, it's not much, but (laughs) we'll take it. Uh, For those of you who hold uh, those things called bonds or fixed income, you actually had a pretty good week. Remember a week ago, the intermediate-term bond was down about 3.5%, and after this week's nice little punch up, it's only down one6 I know it's still down, but it's only down a little bit, so it's good. Uh, but again, still looking at the big picture here, Don. Year to date, I think we're through a couple months, right? A global portfolio of stocks is down not very much, five point six percent, while the S and P 500 is down eight point nine percent. Over what so period? Not Over been, what period? This is the so far this year, so two weeks, uh, okay, two on, months rather, and most of one week. So come on, really, it's not that bad. It sounds bad. Four weeks in a row, the Russia thing, all that. But it really has not been, in terms of actual numbers, that big of a deal as yet. As yet. But we don't know the future.
2: And we'll never know the future, nor will you. And that's really the truth of this whole thing. Now, I ran some numbers so you don't have to. I know a lot of you are thinking, well, I got in recently or I got in, you know, like last year, and the market was way up, and now I'm way down. Should I get out and wait for better times? Well, let's go back in time, take a little trip back in time, get in our little talking real money time machine. And we're going to go back to a day that will live at infamy among investors, September 8, 2007. That was when the U.S. market peaked for a long period of time. It went down from there until the end of February 2009. Pretty steadily. Sounds like a year year and a half. As a matter of fact, even a globally diversified portfolio like the Vanguard Total World Stock Index went from $100,000 to $54,000 in just that short period of time. Now, what if, though, what if you'd invested $100,000 on 9-8-2007 and you just waited? What would have happened? You'll find out in just a few moments.
1: Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com.
1: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: So, back in the day... Oh, by the way, our phone number is 855 935 TALK, 855 935 8255. Let's uh, go back in time again to 2007. September of 2007, which is where the market peaked, you, being the most unlucky person on the planet, put $100,000 into a globally diversified portfolio of stocks back then in September of 2007. Now, by 2009, early 2009, your $100,000. Had plunged to just over fifty thousand dollars. Ooh, you're Ugh. not feeling good at all, are you? No, that's tough. Yeah. So, what would most people do in a scenario like that? What well, did we most know. people we do? Know. We know what they did. Yeah, we know people give up. They, they sold. Sell. They, they said, yep, "That's they it. I'm done with stocks. Else. I yep. can't. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. I can't. I have reached my pain threshold." And this that's is why right. we suggest building portfolios that are not all stocks. However, you stuck it out. You either weren't paying attention, maybe you were in a coma, um, you or you were just, just steadfast, and you you're, uh, you knew if you gave it time, you were smart, you'd eventually be right. And by the way, that made you actually pretty smart, because if you hung in there until March of two thousand and twenty-two, you never put another dollar in, never put a penny in, never took a penny out, reinvested your dividends, you'd have, you would have had about two hundred and seventy thousand dollars. So, so even your after hundred, a loss, your hundred
3: thousand went down to fifty, 50 something, yeah, and then back, back up. up
2: to two seventy in just about wow. fourteen years. You
3: yeah. would have hit a break
2: even if you just hung in there at about four years, about four years. Now that I know that's not pain free, but if you have a, a a time horizon of greater than five years and you reinvest dividends and you just hang in there. Even the, the the spurious lie that is the – if you know the, you would have lost money for 40 years during the Depression or whatever the garbage is, that's not true. If you'd reinvested dividends, Jason – not Jason Zweig, Mark Hulbert ran the numbers, and it was about five years if you'd kept investing that you would have made money. What if you kept investing, though? What if you put that 100000 in at the peak of the market, but you said, I'm going to put $1,000 a month in through my retirement plan at work, through my 401 – my IRAs or whatever – my regular accounts. You put
3: a thousand. Twelve thousand. Twelve thousand a year. Twelve thousand
2: a year. Thousand a month. Okay. Twelve thousand oh. a year. Over oh. that entire time, you're buying low, and you're buying a little higher. So sure. Yeah. But you bought high already. So you put in the hundred thousand. Right. You got a hundred thousand. You left well. that alone. You put a yeah. thousand more in. Buy today. Even with all the stuff we have had happen in two thousand twenty two,
3: you are. Two hundred and
2: fifty thousand,
3: roughly. Yeah, because you you got to you got to take the twelve years times right. the twelve plus the hundred. Sure, would be worth about six hundred and well, just under six twenty. Yeah, that. I, this is the that story tells you we're trying
2: to tell you. I know that we tells you actually, everything. By, by the way, go home now.
3: <laughs> There's two parts to oh, I this I,
2: I guess we are both home now, aren't we?
3: <laughs> That's a good. Never point. mind. We'll just stay uh, home with you. There's two parts. I yeah. mean, to me, that number one is diversification, right? Because if you'd put, there are periods of time, had you only been in large U.S. stocks or tech stocks or Russian stocks or whatever, you could lose a lot more than that. And you could not come back for a long period of time. Number two is investing is about patience. Truly, it, it, it because there are going to be times they're going to, Test your soul, your money soul about all this. And we know because we talk to you. So yeah, you got to be willing to take the ups and downs. You got to be willing to just say, I, this, this is not money I need soon. And regularly, Don, today we're getting calls from people are saying, well, yeah, I'm going to invest. I have this lump sum, but should I dollar cost average in or should I just wait until this all settles down? And I'm thinking, I told somebody on Friday, I wish I had cash right now. I oh would be my a gosh, buyer. I would be buying. I'd be a buyer because there's all kinds of things that are on sale that I'd like to – I'm not going to pick and choose. But I'd be putting money into a globally diversified – well, I am because my 401K, of course. But mm-hmm. I like that idea that you buy after it's gone down. So, yeah, this is – diversification and patience two key elements. And for those of you who have don't have that strong stomach where
2: you couldn't have stood that 50% decline. Well, I went back and ran the numbers on the Vanguard Balanced Index Fund over that same period, which is 60% US stocks and yep. 40% bonds. If you had just had that, your low point in 2009 would have been about 80 four thousand
3: dollars so your hundred went to eight down sixteen thousand dollars you got all those bonds in there right. that are giving you stability and here's yeah. what's really hysterical is that because
2: it didn't go down as far you would have actually done better in the sixty forty portfolio with the thousand dollars a month being added in than you would have in the stock portfolio where where would you be about six hundred and
3: sixty thousand dollars and this is another thing that people overlook the the reason to hold bonds <laughs> this is why this is why. not just that but they it's just a diversifier you own things that are dissimilar mm-hmm. right because stocks are totally different than bonds bonds are an iou stocks are a hope that a company does well so that's a i think that's another great lesson that more diversification more types of securities, has not only stabilized your portfolio, but done better for you in that period yeah, of time. Yeah, because remember, you didn't fall as far. You didn't have to recover no. from a 50% decline. You
1: were
2: only down about 16%. Mm-hmm. So you didn't yeah. have to recover, and you're still putting money in every single month as the as the market uh, fluctuates, which is the except way the six, to
3: do it. Except the 60-40 doesn't work anymore. We know
2: that. Oh, yeah, no, it, it stopped it working work. apparently just now, yeah. just today. Just today, stopped. I don't know why. It's a clock thing. Stop clock. Uh,
3: and by the way, when they tell you the sixty forty doesn't work, why do they tell you that?
2: Told. F- oh, the bonds.
3: The bonds part. But why did they? Because they have a product. Oh, they, because they sell- yeah. They got course. something else. You're going to run you into that's going to be far better. And by the way, guess what? It'll make them far more money. Yeah. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it was funny. Funny you mentioned the 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 folks selling complexity. So I read somewhere something a mention of the explainer scene in The Big Short, where they explained what yep. happened yep. to cause the big they, market yep. crash. I went back and looked at that, and that you know that bears rewatching.
4: It that does. It may have been it, one of the, the most brilliant pieces
2: of mm-hmm. movie making because yeah. any anybody would totally get what they did. By listening to that. Now, there will we be a few expletives. Well, I could probably put... I could. We could sh- We could share a little of it. I'll do it maybe later. Yeah.
4: But
2: yeah. it's got a few... i got to do some bleeping. i got to bleep uh, ah, a few but times. But
3: it, it explains it in a method and, that and yeah, if you pretty, pretty, pretty much anybody gets. The, And
2: if we do it on the radio, you can't see Margot Robbie in the bathtub. You can mm, just hear her. Okay. I,
3: <laughs> probably, I'm probably not supposed to at my age anyway. So yeah. leave it, it at it, that.
2: Who knows what would happen to your heart? Uh, yeah. So... Here's the here's the lesson that we really need to learn from all this. This is the ultimate yes. lesson. You got to be patient. Mm-hmm. This yep. too shall pass. And if it really goes the horrible way, a few people are imagining it might go, then it's nice knowing you. 935 talk is our number. Don and Don are talking real money is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at vestory.com. No sales pitch guaranteed. That's V E S T O R Y.com. For
1: your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: In addition to taking your calls, uh Via eight five five nine three five 935 and you know, you speak into like a telephonic device and we respond on the other end of the line. Uh, what you can do right now, by the way, eight five five nine three five talk We also take them, for some strange reason, in writing at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. And here is one of those questions. And it's, again, from someone who actually does apparently pay attention to the show and the podcast. Because you can tell by their greeting. Hello, Tom and Don and Don and Tom.
3: <laughs> wow. And okay. This person, yeah. right. they
2: work for the State Department. Uh-huh. Uh, they're a diplomat. The U.S.
3: State Department?
2: Yeah. Well, somebody's wow. State Department, not Russia's. Wow. So uh, this is
3: going to be a very diplomatic kind of question. Well, no, then. it was a
2: diplomatic entrance there. To That's the true. You
3: couldn't get a whole lot more mm-hmm. diplomatic. Than
2: and then, that. of course, okay. the next line is pretty diplomatic because, of course, mm-hmm. what do you do? What do you do when you want somebody to answer a question? Please? You praise them you praise them oh love sure. the show oh that's kind thank you for the valuable information you give all your listeners I wonder M- if they're saying the same thing to a certain person in Eastern Europe but okay my question is why do most mutual and index funds have minimum investments as opposed to to similar etfs for example if you compare the mutual fund vt wax mm-hmm. to the etf vt they are practically identical but vt wax has a three thousand dollar minimum is there an advantage with one versus the other thanks again for everything i don't know why i gave that person a hint of a new york accent when they're from washington but hey go ahead this is washington dc washington state washington, washington yeah. state Well, Well,
3: they're from Washington State state, or Washington, D.C.? No,
2: state. The state
3: of Washington. Okay. All right. Leaving it. Okay. Great. (laughs) So here's the question. Just let it alone. Why do mutual funds have a minimum when exchange-traded funds? The only minimum is the dollar amount you need to buy one share. That's the question. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So that's the the question that you need
2: to answer. Okay. Do you Do have you, an answer the for the difference?
3: It? No, I don't. I didn't think you did. You, you look like you were bluffing. <laughs> I was trying to stall it out to the bottom of the aisle. I know
2: why. <laughs> okay, okay. Please. Because yeah. when you buy an ETF, all of the paperwork, record keeping, transaction notifications, all of that stuff fall on your brokerage house. When you have an account with Vanguard, they have to generate all of that in-house and there's a cost to that. And they, they it's like an, an investment advisor who has a minimum investment. We we would love to help everybody. We would love to have a zero dollar minimum. But if we had a you know, you had a one hundred dollars with us and you're paying us 90 cents a year uh, or a, you know, a dollar a year. It, it doesn't make economic sense. We can't we can't. We can't even can't even pay for like ten seconds of an advisor's work at that. That's the problem. They can't pay for all the things that they have to do and make it cost. And why effective are exchange at traded funds cheaper? Because exchange traded funds don't have to send you statements. Oh, okay, they don't got have, it. They they don't have all less, of this this stuff they have to mail and print paper. and create. Oh,
3: okay, because
2: all of that's done by Schwab or TD Ameritrade or whomever.
3: Got it. That's the makes why. Sense. That's the why. Okay. That's the why and the wherefore. And by the way, I mean we've said this before, so we may as well just say it again right here. For the most part, now it really makes sense. Don't exchange traded funds yeah. if there's if there's that option with the fund, the mutual fund you want, because lower cost generally, mm-hmm. better tax efficiency. Now I am going to anticipate
2: the next question someone's going to ask. Well, then yes. how do the brokerage firms make money selling ETFs? when they do it without commission the spread yeah watch the big short introduction a couple of pennies here and a couple Mm -hmm. of pennies there and pretty soon you have billions of dollars yeah it's all about squeezing this little tiny bit out and um
3: and they really make money, by the way. If you leave a lot of cash sitting around, oh, they because love your cash. They pay you almost nothing on that, and guess what they do with it? They oh, lend. they invest it. <laughs>
2: they either or invest it or it. Yeah. lend it out at twenty two percent on a credit card.
3: Yeah, they're making real money on that. So yeah, good. And that's a great question. It is a weak- so again. I mean, the, the the bottom line though still would be if I was waking up today figuring out what to do with my money, I'd be using exchange traded funds instead of mutual funds.
2: Oh, me too. Yeah, I would these days. And and it took me a long time to get there. I'll admit it. It took both of us a long time to come over to the mutual fund side of things or the ETF side of things, because we tend to be overly cautious and it takes a while to change our ways.
1: Tom and Don are talking real
2: money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at vestory.com. No sales pitch guaranteed. That's V E S T O R Y.com.
1: Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. And uh,
2: we're going to talk real money with you. If you call us, we will. We'll talk with you in person. If you call us on the phone at 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. Is that right?
3: I think that's the right number. I'm assuming it is. I, you know, all right. So we're going to go with to me. But we yeah. also have really wonderful
2: questions, actually, that were sent okay. in. We have We have like three in a row. These are all just in order that we're sending to TalkingRealMoney.com, where we're still about two weeks behind on questions, but we're catching yeah. up. All right, here you go. This is a good one. I hope you know the answer to this one, because I don't know that <laughs> I do. Uh-oh. The well, last one I didn't do very well, no, so we we'll one try knew though. Oh, oh. I am 53. I have $500,000 in my 401k. Okay. It used to be 100% stocks, but Costco changed its rules And put 25% in a retirement option. Now, that sounds to me like maybe an annuity or a QLAC, but I'm not sure. I haven't a clue what to do with it. I wanted to make an appointment with Edward Jones, but my husband wants me to ask you first. Thanks for your help. I know the answer to the second part of the question.
3: Once you take that, and then I'll look see if I can find anything about the looked, change no, in the Costco four hundred and one k.
2: I looked. I can't find
3: it. I haven't. And I we looked. have a number of clients that I, are I work totally at Costco. Looked.
2: I do know that a mm. lot of firms just recently, because of the changes to the law, the fiduciary rules are now starting to put people's money in qualified lifetime annuity contracts or QLACS, um, and they're doing it to the tune of about twenty five percent. Now I can't find anything written about that. But that may be what they're talking about. Okay, but are these are new
3: employees. New employees.
2: I think I don't know. No, know it because she's an old employee. Well, she's fifty three. Not real old. She's much younger than we are. Uh but <laughs> but but, uh, I, hmm. you know, I honestly, I don't know what Costco's done. But I'm sure we have someone listening who knows what that Costco's done. Yeah. But as for the sure. second part, do not make an appointment with someone at Edward Jones. Well they probably already work with somebody at Jones. Do you want to get sold something?
3: No, do not. Do not do that. Number 3, if, if by you the need way, to ask call us. Well, okay, we're happy to do that. And number 3, we offer free advice on the Costco yeah. 401k right yeah. there at 401411.com. You Although
2: that may be outdated advice no, now. I don't think so.
3: But again, because we have a number of people that are our clients that work at Costco, so we're giving them advice on that. So, oh
4: hmm, wait, okay. She,
2: she actually doesn't mind having an advisor contact her. So I'm going to forward this oh. to you, Thomas. Yeah. All right. Give me something to do. I well, yeah. I know you're bored. Other than the yard. Okay. I forwarded it to you. Now you can take care of that. You want another question? Oh yeah, we got time. Let's do this one. This one's short oh come on forward you silly thing i'm
3: kind I, of sad though that i don't know that that the, i don't know of one place that i know of on a first-hand basis that has added that kulak in other words no one's called I me up I and said I, I, we got this know, now I, but let, a, let's a, finish new the thing. thought it's if a new thing it, so are there that's a mandatory thing some are doing it on a
2: mandatory basis to force them into something that's secure
3: I see. Okay. So that you pay it it a certain amount an and that's an going to be worth out. a certain amount.
2: There may be opt-outs, okay. but I think it's becoming an opt-in kind of thing because the insurance industry has been so darn good at pitching the concept of, well, you need guaranteed income in
3: retirement because okay, people so are your too stupid would, to figure it out. Your attitude would be the same as mine well, around yeah. this, that they don't need the product. Right. They don't need the product. It's going to okay. be a
2: product that it has to be an inferior product it has to because you have to have the profits of the insurance company built in sure yeah so it has to be inferior to you doing your doing it yourself now if you can't do it yourself and you want what you oh i hate this word no you could no you could do the target date fund yeah but you but 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 if you want the certainty the security but you just gave
3: a 14 year return with a basically a target date fund i know come mm-hmm. on it did pretty but well the for the insurance people years.
2: have been playing this game that annoys the heck out of me you buy insurance and it's guaranteed it's 100% safe yeah no wait that's like enron saying your money with us is it's a private company telling you you're 100% safe it's a private company okay so there's a state insurance pool but there's still a private company
1: tom and don are talking real money
2: at some point, most investors need professional financial guidance. So get a little bit of free help or a lifetime of affordable 100% fiduciary guidance at vestory.com. V E S T O R Y.com.
1: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: Money, 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 money. Something to deal with all the time. And we want to help you do better. Do it Better. Give us a call at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. You can call that number during the show. We're live on Saturdays from noon to 2 Pacific on Northwest News Radio in Seattle. And also, we do podcasts like crazy. So you can call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 855-935-8255. I'm Don, that's Tom, and we get questions Hey, if you don't want to call us, other people don't mind asking questions for you. They send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Like this woman. I won a new car in 2021. Congratulations. A new car! Uh, but its delivery was uh, was delayed, and I took possession of it in January 2022. I know I'm supposed to include it on my income taxes my 1040 but for which year will i be getting a form in the mail for the exact amount i'm supposed to report thanks yes you should yeah, be getting get a amount. 1099 but it shouldn't be uh, it'll be for 2022 it'll be for 2022 yeah, you get it till because this year. you didn't right see if you right. had if if you had a bonus coming let's say your company owed you a bonus on december 31st and they went oh we forgot to pay it to you we're going to pay it to you on january 1st you get taxed in 2022 on that bonus yeah the 2022 tax year, which means you don't pay the taxes till 2023, so you get to drive your car tax-free for a year.
3: But you better I, put some money aside. You, did I finish telling you my new car experience or Did not? you win I mean, a I new car, to too? No, I didn't win one. I put $1,000 down on oh, one. Oh, the then were, Rivian. Then they turned one day, just sent a very unfriendly email about how they were raising the price by 19.5%. Yeah. And then... Two days later, yeah, oops. it says, please go look at the email. And if you are in before March 1st, you get the original pricing. So, are, are you actually going to buy
2: the Rivian? Site unseen? Site unseen.
3: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird because yeah. my wife and I were
2: looking at electrics and yeah. we looked at every model, and you can't buy an electric car. You just can't walk into a car no. dealer and buy an electric Nowhere car. Nowhere to go. You, yep. you can buy them for next October.
3: Yeah, mine's supposed to be mid 2023, I think, or something. You know,
2: but so. it's kind of weird to go, I'm going to buy a car and I don't ever get to drive it. I know. I agree. Whew. It's strange. 855 yeah. 935 Talk. We shamed them into calling. Dave's up. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Real Money.
4: Hi, Dave. Hi there. Okay, can you hear me? What's okay? up?
2: Absolutely.
4: Yeah. So I'm with a large brokerage firm that actually does. Uh, direct um, consultation with customers here in Seattle and so I looked at the funds that they're um, that I'm involved with and they're all very very obscure they're uh, they're the, they're the strange different houses I've never heard of they're not the vanguard they're not Schwab they're just give me some Calories names Coast
3: give America. us one name give me a name
4: well one of them, one of them would be John Hancock Oh um, okay yeah
3: Mr. Hancock is not obscure by the way yes. Very large signature.
2: Wrong. Yeah, this is a fun dude. Yes. So All right, go ahead, Tom. Ta-
4: we have good deals with these companies. Obviously, they charge more. It's not like Vanguard, but because we have these great deals with their institutional funds, we can save you money even though when you look, their their fees are more expensive. So what is your take on that narrative? Is that
2: something it's it. I I, it's, it's, I I generally refer to that as BS. That's what I, I kind of call well, it.
3: Well, okay, but wait, let's go back. So are you paying the firm a management fee in addition to the mutual funds? Uh, yes, I am.
4: I'm paying 0.7, no, yeah. uh, 1%.
3: 1%. 1%. 1%. And then you're buying John Hancock funds, and it may be that they have some negotiated well, no, they, 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 reduction they, they expense have, ratio.
2: Yeah, they have. They're using John Hancock's institutional
3: funds. Okay, but even those are still going to be expensive right. compared to any almost anything else. Right. So I don't care what deal they have. One plus and, 50 basis points is expensive. And why are they using these funds? What's
2: the, the benefit to you? These...
4: I'm they feel that they're able to find the right manager for ah they're actively managed. Ah, here
2: we go. Yeah. okay that explains everything do you have the actual name of any one of these funds just or the the, the five-letter symbol just so i can peek at one of them
4: uh gosh i wish i could i'm just was driving
2: Oh, darn $9. it. Okay. No, well, that's okay. One
3: of these days, call us with a symbol on
4: one okay, of those. Okay, but the narrative like is up.
3: important thing to know here. So you're probably paying in total, I'm guessing, 1.5, something in that area, because yeah, Heincock, if you want to, to buy them, is going to be more than that. Um, number two, what you just said is the antithesis of everything that we can believe about this business. There is no one fund manager, advisor, soothsayer, anything that can see the future. So, therefore, you diversify, keep your costs low, and ignore those people because they generally lead you in the wrong direction. Or that's been the track record. I I I
2: can... Almost guarantee. I am, I am 99.999% confident that these funds are going to have substantially higher expense ratios than a comparable index or passive fund from Vanguard or D- Dimensional Funds or Avantis or any of those guys. And, and most. <laughs> There's no evidence that active managers beat the indexes. And I, without the, the numbers, I, or without the letters, I can't look these up, but I'm pretty confident you'll find that the performance, if compared to a, the right index is probably inferior. So I would get these researched. I really would. I think it's a, it's a smart idea. It is in your best interest to research their advice. You should always get second opinions every now and again. Thank you so much for the call, Dave. Sue, you're up next. Welcome to talking real money. Hi, hey Sue. Um, What's I was up? wondering,
4: and I don't have any, I don't even know if it's the right question, but say you're about 52 and your whole life, you've kind of just really lived paycheck to paycheck. Where would be the,
2: like the first start for any kind of beginner to maybe do investing
3: or what would be the best way to do anything? Or is it too late? Your no, it's not too late. I mean, and oh, you know, you? you're young, not, not too late at all. So and do you have an employer plan? I mean, are you or this person have an employer plan at work?
0: Um, I just work. I work at a school, you know, which is it kind of ends mm-hmm. up just being a part time job. Um, and I started yeah. later in life, you know, because I stayed home with my kids.
2: Sure. Um, and and my husband, county worker, you
0: know, we've got, you know, your retirement and then He's taken out
4: some um, on top of the retirement that was, you know, that's a separate investment. But I was kind of just, yeah, we've just never.
3: I would, then I would just be simple for me. Yeah, no, not at all. Okay. I if, if it was me and I was 52 uh-huh. and I had income, I would just open a Roth IRA. You could do it at mm-hmm. Vanguard, Schwab or Fidelity mm-hmm. Own one fund. Mm-hmm. One glo- well can't can't do one fund at Fidelity or Schwab. Yeah, all right, so go to then, Vanguard.
2: I mean, yeah, if, you gotta, if you're going to
3: do the one fund, though, make sure you tell her what the worst case scenario. Yeah, is. It, the, the, again, the one fund is all stock. So or so or you could do a target date fund at any of those places, right? But the Roth IRA would be my favorite option there. And no, fifty two is not too late at all. I mean, I hate to look back at my life at fifty two. A lot has changed since age fifty two. So um, no, I think. I think it's a great idea. You can, at your age, or at this person's age, you could put up to seven thousand dollars a year into that. It's post-tax. It grows tax-free. And again, our favorite would be either a one-fund globally diversified stock portfolio or a one-fund target-date fund, which all of those fund families have available.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's really that's where you should get started. Um, and. You know, go take the risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com to figure out how much risk you're going to be comfortable taking. And thank you so much for the call. We really appreciate it. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. That's 855-935-8255. Tom
1: and Don are Talking Real
2: Money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at vestory.com. No sales pitch guaranteed. That's V E S T O R Y.com.
1: For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: Real quickly, I did find the John Hancock Balanced Institutional Fund charges 0.77%, 77 77 basis points, and has only 64 stocks in it versus 0.7% for Vanguard's balanced index, one-tenth the price, and uh, 3,600 stocks in the portfolio.
3: And this is the reason that you should – I don't care where your money is. You should always get a second opinion. You should always know what you're paying. You should always know how diversified you are. All of those things are absolutely critical because this is your money. Go to vestry.com v-e-s-t-s-t-o-r-y and you get <laughs> an extra you, letters <laughs> i know and you can get an appointment there no charge no obligation we